0: Welcome to the Skill Stack Podcast, a podcast with one aim in mind to bring you the best ideas, tactics, and information to help you grow your confidence, your value, and your bank balance with every epic. Here is your host, author, public speaker, and world record holder, Ray McLennan. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Skill Stack. Today, we're going to talk about energy and managing your energy levels. Now, when it comes to your core skills, you can, of course, um, in, learn how to increase your core skills and discover new ones without putting your life on hold. It sounds easy, okay? Yep. But a lot of people say to me, well, where do you get the extra time to do all that? After all, I hear you say, I'm already getting up, I'm working a full day, I get up early, I really want to do this, but I don't have the time, Etc. Etc. I hear that a lot. Now, you've heard it said before, I'm sure, but it's worth repeating here. We all have the same amount of time in a day. So how come some people can be so much more productive with their time? For example, how did Steve Jobs manage to churn out all the things he did? How does Elon Musk jump from one sector to another and get so much done? Well, the answer is they don't manage their time. They don't control time. They can't. No one can control time. It keeps on moving and it doesn't care about you or what you're doing. The answer is not to try and manage something that you have no control over, which is time, but to manage something that you do have control over, which is your energy, your energy. Now, energy here is a simple word that can capture a lot of complicated processes, but I define it, define it, should say, as anything that gives you a positive lift either mentally or physically. Now, I get a lot of positive energy from watching comedy Uh, reading a good book, talking to inspiring people, talking to my kids, or even cooking for my family or others. I get negative energy from shopping for clothes, commuting, watching the TV news, TV advertising, or having to fill the car with fuel, especially after I get in it and the little yellow light starts blinking because my wife hasn't filled it up, darling. Thank you. But these events can happen any time, and most importantly, spotting and adjusting to the peaks and troughs of your own personal, daily, weekly, or even monthly energy levels is the key to managing your own energy levels. Note, I said your own personal energy levels. Not anyone else's. And, by the same token, I don't expect anyone else to tell you when, where, or how to manage your own energy. Now, this is simply because we've all got different energy levels at different times. Different people, men, women, young, old, all have different levels. Now, in the same way that we all have different values at different times of our lives, we all have vastly different energy levels at different times in our lives. And those levels can be influenced by what's going on inside us as well as outside influences. So have you ever noticed that your energy levels are high when you're doing something you like or something you love? They can be influenced even by thinking about doing something you love. Now, here's an example. You get in from work, you collapse in your favourite chair... Your wife or partner asks you to do some chore or task and you respond by letting them know that you're tired and you just want to rest for a while. You zap on the TV and you slouch down to zone out for about 20 minutes. And then your phone goes. Your best friend has managed to get a rare tea off time down at the local golf club and he asks you if you're up for nine holes before dinner. Now the surge of energy you get is entirely internally generated. You most certainly are up for it. You love golf. You'd be up and out of that chair in seconds, getting changed into proper clothes, grabbing your equipment, hitting the road in a matter of mere minutes to get to the course as fast as legally possible, and all the time probably whistling or singing to yourself. Now what happened? You hadn't eaten anything, you hadn't drank anything, you hadn't taken anything, and yet your energy levels surged. Now that might be an extreme example, but your own personal energy levels can surge like that at certain times of the day and they can be encouraged to surge by you scheduling in tasks and other activities at certain times of the day to coincide with your natural energy levels. Now, your natural high levels might be at noon or 4pm or 8pm, I don't know. But what I do know is that not everyone wants to get up early and not every rich and successful person gets up very early. You will hear a lot about the ones that do. But by not getting up at 5am, you are not a loser It could simply be that your own personal energy levels don't start until much later in the day. Different people peak at different times. Have you noticed or remember back to when you were a teenager and you had tons of energy? All teenagers do, especially when they're doing something they like or with somebody they like. But they have none in the morning. That's simply down to evolution and their own natural growth patterns and the hormones raging through their bodies. Teenagers and their parents have very different body clocks. Teenagers tend to come alive at night and want to stay up late, and then they struggle to get up in the morning. And when it comes to sleep patterns, there are definite changes in teenagers, particularly around the timing of sleep. As a scientist, David Bainbridge, author of the book Teenagers, and Natural History, believes it's due to rewiring of the brain in adolescence, which may mean the teenage body clock runs more slowly than an adult's, making the day seem longer. So when it's 8am for the rest of us, to a teenager it feels more like 6am. Now he also goes on to say that teenagers haven't yet developed mechanisms required for registering fatigue. They just don't realise how tired they actually are. Then they struggle to wake up in the morning because their bodies simply need more sleep. And it's not about biology. There are several factors that make teenage sleep patterns distinctive. In puberty, the brain undergoes a bit of a reorganisation and sleep provides the opportunity for the brain to do this in peace and quiet. In other words, teenagers need extra sleep to help them change into adults. The time shift could also be explained by simple social issues like young people want to stay up later than their parents, socialising. Now, artificial light also disrupts sleep patterns. Normally, when light dims in the evening, we produce melatonin which tells our bodies it's time to get ready for sleep. But bright room lighting, televisions, consoles, computers, they can all emit enough blue light to stop the natural production of melatonin, tricking our bodies into staying awake. Now I have a boy who's 10 years old and he loves playing Fortnite. And we were getting a bit concerned about the number, amount of screen time he was doing until I got him a pair of special glasses that you can wear that keep out blue light and it did make a difference. It did make a difference when it came to bedtime. But the teenage sleep cycle is something that uh, Dr Paul Kelly who's a head teacher of Monk Seaton School in England takes very seriously. Students at the school took part in memory tests and the results showed they had better concentration later in the day. As a result, Dr Kelly's now asked his school governors to consider moving the start time for lessons to 11am so that his students get a lion. He's not the first to do this. There's quite a lot of uh, academics that are looking at this now seriously. But the real issue is sleep deprivation. Young people aren't having the chance to sleep as long as they could because they have to get up earlier than their body tells them to. Now, Professor Russell Foster, who's chairman of Circadian Neuroscience at Brasenose College, Oxford, agrees and he tested students, and he suggests that students perform better in the afternoon. Another example you might have noticed if you have very young children or animals, especially dogs. Before they go to bed, they have what we call in our family a mad half hour. The toddler would go on a rampage, and the dog would go on a mad run through the house before settling down for the night. No? Was it just our kids and dogs? Hmm. But regardless of toddlers, teenagers, or touchy dogs, most of us have been following a steady daily rhythm – Getting up somewhere between 6 and 8 in the morning, travelling to work, working from 9 till 5, travelling home, spending the evenings relaxing at home. In school it was similar, school starts in the morning and ends at lunch or in the afternoon. And most business hours fit into that pattern, at least in Western countries. Not even the fact that we can communicate worldwide with a little delay at all hours of the day or night has changed much. The inherent problems present itself at a closer look. We're expected to be alert, awake and productive at certain times. We are managing our time assuming that we are equally effective throughout the day, even when we know we are not. So you really should start to observe your energy levels throughout the day and change schedules, meetings and work accordingly. Now if we know when our energy levels are high and we know what we can achieve at those levels, then we can plan our days much better. So by putting those tasks that require creative energy or decision-making in the high times while moving the work that calls for routine areas into areas with lower energy. So it starts with observing, number one here, it starts with observing your energy levels. Now you'll notice that there are certain times of the day when you feel full of ideas and you're ready to go and brimming with energy. You're working on creative tasks, making decisions and seeing the larger picture and it's often much easier at these high energy times. And it doesn't matter whether these high energy, t- energy times are in the morning for you or late at night. It might seem trendy to get up early and get things done, but it really is a matter of your own personal energy. If you work late on high energy tasks and consequently sleep late, you'll ultimately achieve the same results. Then there are low energy times when you feel like your head is full of clouds of dust and your thoughts are slow. Now for many of us, those low energy states are in the morning before that first coffee and often again right after lunch, the carb crunch or the carb crash. In those times, we don't really want to think so. We surf, play games on the phone, stare at work in front of us like it's paint drying. It's of little use to force active, engaging work in those times. And finally, we have times where we need to relax and actually switch off and do nothing. Putting energy back into your body. And and, and it's important that we honour these times as well, giving us enough time to regenerate and rejuvenate. You should keep a journal or a calendar or something to track your energy levels. And take a serious note of them. Simply mark the times of the day when you've got high energy, low energy, and periods of relaxation. Of course, you can also add additional levels and states, but for the sake of simplicity, keep it at three levels. High, low, and relaxed. As an example of this, there's one guy I work with who shares his energy levels with the world. He also does podcasts, you may have heard it, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. He wakes up at 5am, he's in Costa Coffee at 6am when it opens and he gets his first caffeine buzz of the day. Then he works like furious until 11.30 when he gets his next Costa Buzz. So from 6am to 11 he does all his calls and productive work and then that sets him up until 2. And then in the afternoon he'll do admin tasks and other meetings until 5. And then he spends time with his kids until 7 when they're in bed. And then he spends time watching Netflix with his wife until he goes to bed at 9.30. And he does all that all day, every day, weekends included. He likes his routine. So number two is plan according to your own energy levels. After you've observed your energy for a while, you can also plan your own day accordingly. If you have a rough idea of when you can expect certain energy levels, you can put the tasks that you have into those times just like my work friend does. So for high energy levels, you want to be looking at creative work, coming up with new ideas, creative team discussions, making difficult or high-risk decisions, Plan for midterm and long term. You can learn new content, make presentations, do pitches, think, reflect, experiment, try new things, write out your to do list, respond to social media or create content for social media. Now, for low energy levels, routine work, maintenance, cleaning, working through tasks that have clear goals and processes, writing correspondence and emails, reviewing what you learned, writing invoices or delegating those tasks out. For relaxing levels, you want to eat, sleep, sports, outdoor activities, meditation, social times, gaming, shopping, movies, sex. Number three is optimise your energy levels. When you start to put tasks into the appropriate energy levels, you should see a dramatic increase in your actual work output. So doing 30 minutes of creative work in a high energy level time will be as effective as trying to do the same work in two hours when you have lower energy. One important thing to do in high energy times is plan tasks for low energy. That's one reason why I put writing to-do lists in the high energy slot. Planning is much easier when you have an overview. The actual groundwork can be done in times of low energy, providing the tasks don't require much mental energy themselves. Now there are many strategies to start the high energy times. Some people recommend getting up early. Some people start with sports, a diet or another ritual. You can try any of those and use the ones that fit into your own lifestyle. There are some indicators that what you do in your relaxation time determines how easily you can start your high energy levels. Sports, sleep, healthy eating and especially meditation seem to contribute to triggering and extending your high energy times. If you feel that your high energy times are short and exhausting, take a look at your food intake. High energy work requires lots of mental energy, which is ultimately body energy. So look for proteins and slow-release carbohydrates that will provide long-term nutrition instead of short bursts, like those from simple sugars. Another important factor is look at your habits and shift them around if necessary. So one example, commutes are often seen as dead time, but it might in fact be a great opportunity to do high-energy work. If you're in your car, you have space to think, you could listen to podcasts, audiobooks, or you could use voice dictation to get ideas down. On a train, the same time could be spent reading, reviewing, writing, listening and... Learning depending on how you feel. If you notice you're awake early anyway, your head full of ideas, then get up and use the burst of high energy, even if it only lasts for 20 minutes. It's important to remove distractions from your high energy times, especially email and non verbal communication. If you're working on something in your high energy time, give yourself the time to fully immerse, focusing on this particular task. External inputs like emails, messages and menial tasks will fight for your attention, but they can easily be answered in times of low energy. Use your relaxation periods well. They might be able to recharge your energy faster. A light lunch and 15 minutes of meditation might put you back into a high energy state, whereas heavy lunch and scrolling Facebook for half an hour will probably leave you sleepy and uninspired. You can relax more actively by spending mindful time on your pastime activities, and they might include meditation, cooking, eating consciously, focusing on sports and your body, taking baths with calm music or doing outdoor activities. The French have a wonderful uh, organisation called the Slow Food, Slow Food Organisation, where they take a long, long time to have lunch. Nice if you can do it. Passive relaxation is more mentally consuming than might think. Watching TV or scrolling social media or surfing the internet aimlessly and eating just to feed yourself can actually be counterproductive the quality of your resting period is highly likely to influence the quality of your productive time. But as I mentioned before, you have to find what's best for you. There'll be no typical solution for everyone. For me, working on the skill stack is an example of something that gets my energy up. The thought that this will affect just one person is enough to give me a surge of energy. And when I want to create a podcast, I can get the idea anytime. I simply add it to the list on my phone. And then, when I know my own energy level is Uh, about to kick in, usually between 9.30am and 1pm, I get out the list and start writing, usually keeping going until it's finished or until I run out of time. Now I tend to work in 40-minute bursts. I had heard of the Pomodoro effect where you set an alarm for 20 minutes and then you work like fury with no distractions until the alarm goes off. Well, I tried that and it kind of frustrated me a bit. So I set a stopwatch instead and I noted down the times when I naturally wanted to take a break and it was always around the 40-minute mark. Then I would stop for about 15 minutes Then I'd walk around the garden, make phone calls, make tea, feed the fish in the pond before getting back to work. So, in conclusion, be aware of your energy levels and aim to plan your day accordingly. It will help you achieve better results in shorter time, but ideally you want to aim to manage your energy levels for the long term. Having one more drink at night might make you feel good at the time, but you'll most likely pay double for it in the morning. You can try different habits to trigger and maintain high energy states, but most important is listening to yourself and your own body in the process. I've been Ray McLennan. This has been The Skill Stack. Thank you for listening. If you want to engage with us on Twitter, we are at The Skill Stack, or you can email us info at theskillstack.com, and you can get a lot more information on our online course at theskillstack.com. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.